Morning, everyone. How are you doing? Having a good weekend? Good. Well, let's jump straight in, shall we? So we're in our Moses series. It's the third talk now on this series, and we looked at Moses, how he was in Egypt, and all of the Israelites were oppressed by Pharaoh, and there were so many Israelites that he decided to cut off the bloodline and send a need for all newborn baby boys to be killed. But when the parents of Moses saw Moses, that he was a special child, they put him in a Moses basket and waterproofed it with pitch and tar and put it in the Nile to save him. And uh, then Pharaoh's daughter, the daughter of the tyrant, the murderous tyrant, sees this little crying baby in the Nile. And her heart went out to him. And she took him to be his own son. And he was brought up <laughs> with granddaddy Pharaoh. And um, so Moses grows up in the, in the, in the uh, Egypt's palaces. Uh, but when he was older, uh, 40, he saw the, Egypt, uh, the Israelites fighting one another. And Moses hadn't forgotten that he was a Hebrew, that he was an Israelite. And he said, stop squabbling. Uh, well, and then on another occasion, he saw the Israelites um, being beaten by an Egyptian, and he killed this Egyptian and buried him in the sand. And so when he told his Israelite brothers to stop squabbling, they said, who are you to tell us? Are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? And he realized, uh-oh, I'm in trouble here, because if Pharaoh finds out about this, I'm stuffed. Uh, that's Hebrew for in big, big trouble. So he did a runner, as you do, and he ran all the way to Midian. And uh, when he was in Midian, he met a wife, or was given a wife, by Jethro. And uh, so now he's in Midian, and he's got a wife, and he's there for 40 years. And at the end of this period, so Moses is getting on a bit now, so at the end of this period, he's watching over the sheep in the desert, and he sees this bush on fire, but it's not burning up. And he says, this is unusual. Now, the thing about this is in, in the, there are often burning bushes in deserts because of the heat and the sun and the dryness of the territory. But this bush just kept on burning. And I don't know how long he'd been watching it for or noticed it. When he first saw it, he saw it's just an ordinary bush. That happens a lot. But maybe after an hour, it hasn't quite burnt out then. Maybe after about three days, he thinks, what's going up here? But he says, he was curious. I love that. I'm not preaching on that, but he was curious. He goes, oh, I'm going to take a look. Stay curious. He was 80 years old, and he was curious. Something in that for us, isn't there? Anyway, let's move on quickly, because I've got a limited amount of time. But he went over and had a look at this curious thing. And God was in the bush. It was the fire of God. And that's why it wasn't burning up, because he's a perpetual living source of life. And he spoke to Moses. He said, Moses. I must have freaked him out. <laughs> that burning bush speaking to you on a hot, sunny day. He didn't expect that. Can you imagine that? If that came out with a barbecue, <laughs> you know, Naomi. <laughs> must have, what? <laughs> so he, and, and he said, who are you, Lord? I am, I am. And he sent him down to Egypt. He spoke to him and gave him a call and sent him down to go to Israel and speak to the leaders and tell them that he was going to set them free from their years of cruelty and bondage and slavery and oppression. And, he gave, and God gave him a couple of signs. He put his hand in his 
pocket and it came out leprous. And then he put it in again and it came out clean. And there was a, he threw his uh, shepherd's staff down, it turned into a snake and he picked it up by the tail and it turned into a staff again. So confirmation, two signs. So he gets, a, he gets a word from God and he gets confirmation. So, I mean, this is serious stuff. I mean... I mean, you can't ignore this. It's not every day at the office, is it? So he, he, he goes all the way down, back to Egypt, and he gathers the Israelite leaders. And as he tells them what had happened, and he shows them the signs, they receive the word that God had given them through Moses. This is what it says. Moses and Aaron brought together... Aaron was Moses' brother, by the way. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said. He also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. And when they heard this, they were, that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Isn't that wonderful? They were believed. They believed. They were relieved. They were encouraged, and they worshipped God. They really took this on board. And I just want to encourage you, first of all, that that's where everything starts in terms of our, our, our journey into freedom and deliverance and the greater purposes of God and a new chapter in our life and being set free. That's where everything starts with our relationship with God. It is, starts with receiving and believing what God has said. Because when God speaks, it's not just information. You see, the prophetic voice, and Moses was a prophetic, is not information. It's about transforming power. So when we see this right at the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, there was chaos in the face of the earth. Now, I don't know if your life has ever been in chaos, dark and formless, out of control, can't get a grip on it. There's, and, it and there was no life. It's just there's, there's no life in it. Sucking the living daylights out of you. Hard work. It's not a joy. It's a duty. But whatever your circumstances, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. I'm sure you have because that's just life, isn't it? Life is always uphill to one degree or another. It's just how steep it is at the time. But the solution that God gave to this is that he spoke and he says, let there be light. And when he spoke, stuff happened. It's not written there to show us about information. The God's word is power. It's living. It's active. It's dynamic. It changes things. And so when God speaks to you, it's not, oh, good. He's telling me what he wants to do. No, it's not about information. It's about the power to transform. That's the way he works. But the key from getting it from information in our brain to power that transforms our life is faith. So Abraham received, look, okay, Abraham and his wife, he'd longed for a child. They begged for a child. They prayed for a child. He was a wealthy man. And he's, and, but there was an emptiness in his life because he wanted to receive, he wanted a child. And they were barren, and he was getting on. I mean, he was really getting on. And way past the age of childbearing for Sarah. And God called Abraham outside. And he says, look at the stars, Abraham. And he looked up. He says, look at the grains of sand, Abraham. And he looked down. And he says, see the stars and see the sand. That's how many children you're going to have. 
How difficult do you think that was for an old man with a barren wife? I mean, to believe for one was enough. But he says, you are going to be a father of a multitude and of many nations. And what does it say? He believed. He believed. And because he believed, he was counted righteous. He was made right with God. He was, he was brought into the family of God, the covenant-keeping relationship with God. Because, just because of faith. And that's where it all starts. It says, Abraham is the father of our faith. And as Abraham believed, that calls us to have his DNA, his response, his reactions. And that's why it says that we are saved by faith or made righteous by faith or become Christians by faith or right with God. Do you realize that you are as righteous as God by faith? It says we are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're as righteous as God. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, yes. No, yes. No, yes. Everything starts by faith. And you are the children of Abraham, it says. You're, yeah, you're part of his gang. And where did you start? Where did you start? You didn't start in your mother's womb. You might think you did, but you didn't. You started in the heart of God. When Abraham believed, something took place. Oh, I'm getting excited. Calm down. Something took place that, that actually a force came into the world that has moved with power through the ages and the decades that even created you and brought you to faith. When you be faith, you were, that word was fulfilled in you because one old man believed So Moses goes down. Let's see what's next. Point one. Gosh. Moses comes down. And they believed. And the, and the journey began. Because the word of God has power. And Moses acted. And he went off to Pharaoh. And he says, Pharaoh, the Lord God says, let my people go. And Moses says, who is the Lord our God? Who is this person that you're talking about? And Moses rejected what Mo Pharaoh rejected what Moses and the Israelites had received. They re he rejected the word of God. Look at it. This is what Moses said. I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw. Uh, this is because he said, I'm not going to let the people go. And you just want to go into the desert and get away because you're lazy, he says. And then he says, I'm not going to let them go. In fact, I'm not even going to give you any straw to build bricks and do your labor and your servitude. They can get your own straw. And whenever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced, despite I'm not providing the resources that you need. And the slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, complete the work required for you each day just as you did when you had straw. So it got worse. So this is the name. <laughs> I hope you're excited about believing in what God can do. Because you're going to need to be excited about believing in what God can do. Because the way he works it out isn't always straightforward. You see, there's, a, there's what we call a cycle or a, a track or whatever language you want to use to God's work in us. 
and how he brings it to pass. So we receive God's word by faith, and that sets something in motion. But then we get to the place where often that word is challenged. Pharaoh was challenging it, and circumstances challenging it. Situations can challenge it. Hardship can challenge it. It doesn't mean it all goes right. Often it goes wrong, and this went really wrong. It got worse. They were having a tough time as it was, and now it just got cranked up. Challenges, obstacles, opportunity, uh, opposition, crisis, all goes wrong. Think of when Joseph received this great dream that his father was going to bow down before him and his brothers were going to bow down before him. In other words, he's going to bring a ruler over. He's going to rule over his mum and dad. You're going to rule over his brothers. And rather than receiving that he was going to be a ruler, they rejected his father, rebuked him, and his brothers sold him in a, threw him in a pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites and into Egypt. And then he went into Potiphar's house as a slave, and then he went into prison as a prisoner. And he received this amazing prophetic word from God, and it was all going wrong. And think about Moses and Joshua when they got over the Red Sea, you know, well, after the, and then through the desert, and they, they were just about to cross the promised land. And it says the Jordan, which was, was in full flood, and they had to get two million people past the river that was in full flood. Kitties and cattle and sheep and goats and oxen. and How are we going to do this, Joshua? I mean, I know God promised he was going to give us a promise on land, but he didn't tell us that we've got to cross the Jordan River and it's in full flood and we're all, how, how am I going to get this? How's that going to happen? You think when we see, we think when we get a promise from God, a word from God, it's all plain sailing. No, it's not plain sailing. He's working it out through challenges so that that which has come as a seed, you see, we see a seed of faith, may grow into a mountain of faith. He wants to grow some faith in you. So when we receive the word of God, it comes as a seed. We get all excited about the seed. But you know what? Take an apple seed. An apple seed doesn't... Why get, ex why get excited about an apple seed when you can have an apple tree? An apple tree produces apples, and there's hundreds of seeds. There's a load more potential opportunity for your life in an apple tree. And we get excited by the first thing we hear. But how do you get from the seed to the multiplication of fruit, where everything goes, wow, didn't know life could be like this. Didn't know God could do this in my life. Challenge, because it's the challenge that causes you to hold on to faith and the faith and it grows and it grows and grows and grows so you just don't see the promise but you see multiple aspects of the promise coming out. It's great, isn't it? And the only way for that on this planet, in this fallen world, is through challenge. I remember when God called me to go to Bible college. I mean, he had to call me because I didn't want to go. Um, study again and I was praying one day and I heard clear as a bell the Lord said Julian where are you going clear as a bell and I was going to visit my mate Nigel that afternoon and I said well I'm going to visit Nigel Lord and it all went really really quiet and I realized that God wasn't asking me where I was going that afternoon I'm not that bright <laughs> in a bit slow and I, oh yeah okay it's not this afternoon so I said well I'll go wherever you want me to go Lord if you want me to go to a um I can remember saying if you want me to go 
to a third world country where it's poverty. And I remember saying, and live in a corrugated hut to serve you, I'll go there. If you want me to go somewhere nice, I'll go there. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say what you ever want me to say, and I will go. And then he said, go to Capel. And in Capel was a Bible college. I wasn't expecting that, and I didn't want to go. But I knew he'd spoken to me. So I did what you do when you receive a word from God. You actually, after chatting through people, and they said, yeah, you need to go. This is God. I applied to go to the college. Clear word from God. There's a, there's a couple of times when God has spoken to me like so clearly in English, not just a sense, in English. And uh, they said, No. I can't be right. <laughs> you just spoke to me. They said, No. I'll come back to this in a minute. But the key is when we have a word from God and we get rejection or challenges or it's hard, don't drop the ball. There's a temptation that we drop faith, lose focus, give up, go AWOL, sit on the side of the road, park in the lay-by, have a pity party. Whatever it is, we, we get discouraged. Yes, it's all understandable. It's human. We've all gone through those emotions up and down. But it's so important that we just don't drop the ball and let go of what God has said and faith because he is working it out despite the difficulty. Don't lose hope. Even when it gets hurt, worse. Even when we become discouraged. And this is what the Israelites were really in danger of doing. And it's understandable, but we must learn from it. Because so the Lord said, um, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of Egypt. This is after he'd spoken to Pharaoh, he said no, and it got worse. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Do you see what discouragement does? It stops you receiving God's encouragement. It stops receiving God's confirmation. It stops you believing what God has said. Discouragement is a tool of the enemy to rip the word of God out of you. And they were really in danger of dropping the ball. Keep hold of faith. Keep going. If God has spoken, don't give up. Keep doing the right thing. So I reapplied. No, actually what I actually did, I said, well, God has spoken to me, so I'm going to do a Moses thing. I, I arranged to go and see the principal and the staff at the Bible college, and they said no. So I said, I'm coming to see you. And I got in the car, and I drove up, and they were gracious enough to see me, and I explained how God had spoken to me, I shared my testimony. I've only been a Christian about a year. I shared my testimony. Shared how God has spoken to me. And I was fully expecting them to say, yay! But they said no again. And I had to drive all the way back. And said no again. And I told everybody, my friends, that God had spoken to me and I was going up. And they were right to say no because I'd only been a Christian a year. And they were testing whether this was a real word of God in me. They were testing whether I wasn't just going to, you know, start off fine as a Christian and then, you know, hop on the next bus. They were testing me because they had experience, because they'd seen people over the years drop the ball. So I went back. And then what happened? Moses went back. 
And he, had, and he went back and back again. Abraham, it says, Abraham, this promise when God spoke was a long time coming even after he received the promise to have children. And he says, there came a time when Abraham looked at his body and says, it is good as dead. He says, I'm as good as dead. I could be in the grave tomorrow. And he says, but he counted God as faithful. And he continued to believe. Wouldn't let go. Wouldn't drop the ball. Wouldn't stop praying. Wouldn't stop home. Wouldn't stop seeking God. Wouldn't catch another bus. He kept on going. Even, and there's, there's, a taint, there's such a temptation to doubt and be discouraged. And also, there's a temptation to doubt God and doubt ourselves. Last thing I want to say this. We've got to be careful. This. Stop. Don't doubt yourself and don't doubt God. Let's listen to the next page. Then the Lord said to Moses, go tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to let the people go. So we went another time again. But Moses said to the Lord, look, if the Israels don't, Israelites don't listen to me, and Pharaoh doesn't listen to me, and since I've got faltering lips, really? Are you serious? I can't speak proper? In the other verses, he's got a stammer. Nobody's listening to me. And he got self-doubt. He was discouraged by the circumstance. And he was even doubting now that God could, could, could fulfill his, lurk, uh, his, his word. As we look into our own weaknesses, and we all have them, we must be careful that we don't diminish God's ability to do what he said through our lives. Let me repeat that, because this is true of every human being. As we look at our own weaknesses, and we all have them, we must be careful that it doesn't rob our faith and diminish in our own eyes God's capability to fulfill what he said and do what he wants to do. Fifteen years ago, I had a prophetic word. Some of you were in the room when that happened. And I've had many of it since about writing. Write, write, write. I remember Keith Hayes, amazing prophet. Write, 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 write. And all of them came, write, 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 write. And any, lots of people have prophesied about writing 15 years ago. Well, the thing is, I'm a, I'm a speaker, not a writer. Partly why I didn't want to go to college again, because I hated school. I, I'm, a, I'm a speaker, not a writer. And uh, every, but I kept getting these prophetic words, and when I would preach... And teach people, can, if, is this in a book? Can you put this in a book for me? And I'm, I'm thinking, mm. <laughs> and I have to be honest, I tried to write it in obedience to God. And I knew but people asking if I would put my material in a book. And so I started writing, and I failed every time because I'm a speaker, not a writer. I might be able to, you know, I start writing a page. This is rubbish. I, I somehow, I, I know what I want to say, but when I put it into, into text, it just, I just can't get what I can say onto the page. I can write individual words and sentences, but it, when it all put together, it just, it's like a, I don't know, writer's block, I don't know what you call it. And it has become, I have been, it's become a real, real burden. I even went on a course, this course you've got to pay for, and I went on this course in preparation to help me write. And I went through the course, and it left me more discouraged halfway through 
than when I started. And so I quit. I said, this is killing me. I went on this to help me. This is, this is, this is, I was getting so discouraged. I, I quit the course. Now, I don't, I'm not a quitter, you know, I don't, people who know us, we're quite asleep, you know. We don't quit that easily. And it got to the point, I said to Sarah, Sarah, this has defeated me. And I just, I just, I've got to accept the fact now. I've been trying at this for 15 years. I just have to accept the fact I can't do this. And I'm so discouraged. I'm so downhearted. Even though I really feel God has spoken, I just, I just can't carry on doing this anymore. I'm defeated by it. So I stopped. And I, and I remember saying, not many things defeat me. But this has defeated me. I can't do it. So I stopped, and I gave up the angst. You know, sometimes it's just a relief to give up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it's the burden of it. And I gave up. It's just, it's not like me, but anyway. I'm sitting around the dinner table, Clem, a prophet. He's one of the guys who started this thing. He says, how's the book coming on? <laughs> I said, there is no book. I've given up, I'm defeated, I'm not doing it. And God spoke to him. And immediately, he left the table, went and phoned somebody from the States, a guy called Tommy, who, who he's a publisher and he uh, writes books. And uh, he fixed up a meeting with him with me. And he says, right, what I want you to do, I want you to get all your sermon notes out that you want to write the book on, because I knew what I wanted to write. I want you to speak it to me like you're preaching or teaching. I'm going to put it on script. I'm going to send it back and work on that. So I, I said, okay, okay. <laughs> so I did that. He sent me all the text back. And I couldn't use the text because in speaking, it was like, it, it was un, unusable. But having read through it and having gone through that process, and, and Tommy just got this, this impartation, you can do it, you can write, you know, just... There's something about this. He's got a grace for it. And uh, grace is imparted. Like, I hope I'm speaking to you today, and some faith is being imparted to you for your future, even though you're challenging circumstance. Because it's what, that's the way God works. And something was put in me. And I started to write. And, that, and last Tuesday, was it last Tuesday? Last Tuesday, I finished it. I actually finished the book. Yeah. So it, take me 50, it, took, it took me six weeks to write it. I started on a Tuesday. Six weeks later on a Tuesday, I finished it. It took me six weeks to write what I couldn't do in 15 years. There comes a moment in God's timing, in God's purpose, and I finished it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was relieved. I was relieved. So... So what the point I'm trying to say is this, is that I struggled with this for 15 years, and then there was just one moment when God did something, he put something across my pathway, changed the circumstance, something happened, and I mean, I had to do, had to do it on my, in my holiday, so Sarah was very gracious to me, so I started about 7.30 and finished at 4 in the afternoon, so we did have some holiday time together, and then in the, on the weekends, and I, I was able to finish it. It was intensive, but I did what was impossible to do. And God's word, God's prophetic word came to pass through immense hardship and struggle. But there was a moment. And I say that to say this, that we've all gone through it. We've all struggled. 
But God will use these times to teach, grow faith, change, prepare. And at the end of the day, when it's fulfilled in your life, who gets the credit? He does. Because he achieves something that you can't do and can't happen in your own strength. So Moses went again, and Pharaoh said, no. But the hardship, the weight, the struggle was the pathway to a great deliverance. Egypt was brought to its knees. Two million slaves were set free. And this God story, being told and marveled throughout the ages, and next week, we will see how it happened. Receive the word of God by faith when he speaks and it's confirmed. Don't drop the ball when you go through hardship. Persevere. And at due course, at some expected time, in God's way, in God's timing, that you may even not have imagined were possible, a timing and something will happen, and you might, goodness me, I'm a father of nations, of kings, and not just a child, but billions and billions and billions and billions of people are called my children because one day I received, I believed, and I stood, and I would not let go of God. We're pressing into greater healings. When we first started praying for people to be healed, we hardly saw anybody healed at all, and we would not let go of it because it's in Scripture, and we felt we need to do this. And now we see lots of people here. We believe really firmly that God has spoken to us, so we're going to begin to see another breakthrough in healings, where it's not going to be aches and pains and knees and shoulders and backs, but we're going to see greater miracles. We've seen a touch of them here or there, but greater miracles. Really serious conditions and long-term conditions, and it's going to be really, it's going to go up a level. And we're in that place at the moment where we've received it, and we are pressing through, and we will keep pressing through until it happens. And I want you to play your part in that, to keep coming out and keep getting prayer and be part of the journey because a time is going to come and we don't know when, we don't know how long it's going to be, but a time will come when something will shift and we'll say, oh my goodness, look at what is happening. And we'll be at another level for the glory of God and the advance of his kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Julian. Although you left us on a cliffhanger, did you ever get into Bible college? Well, the oh, do you want to finish? Oh, oh dear. Okay, I, I will say this. So, a year later, so what happened when they said no? I applied again. And I wrote again. And a year later, I remember sitting in the chair, and the postman came, and a letter came to me. I opened it up, and it says, we're pleased to say, Julian, been accepted into the college. And then a peace from heaven, I made a peace, almost like came from heaven. I think, this is the moment. So don't give up.